can see the demon in you that doesn't wanna come out and play. I can see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. Everybody say fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Man, fuck this Everybody shit. say fuck this shit. Man, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Man, fuck this Everybody shit. Everybody say. Welcome back to the Fuck This Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Dre, back again. You know, we always start the podcast the same way. Thank you for everyone who took the time out to listen to this shit, man. If you fucking on YouTube right now, taking the time out to watch it. If you are on YouTube, man, make sure you hit that subscribe. Make sure you like the video. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you leave a little comment on that motherfucker. Y'all know how I feel about the comments. Leave feedback on if you're on Spotify, leave some feedback underneath the episode. You can send a podcast, DMs on social media, fucking Twitter, Instagram, whatever. What we on Facebook, FTS Podcast, YouTube, FTS Podcast, Instagram, Reddit, uh, Twitter, at Fuck This Shit Pod. Um, yeah, man, you leave any feedback, five star reviews on Apple Podcasts, I'll read those out on the podcast. Comments on the podcast, we'll read those bitches out. Um, we don't got no new subscribers this month. No make we not making no noise, you know what I'm saying? But you can also subscribe for $4.99. You get an extra episode every week. And you get access to like, I don't know, I think it's like 50 by now, about 50 episodes that other people can't get. That that kind of, you know what I'm saying? It's a little couple of episodes there. You feel me? You know, for for when a nigga take a little vacation like I just did, you go back and listen to some other shit. You know what I mean? But uh Yeah. Um, I think that's it. That's all we really got as far as that shit is concerned, man. Uh, yeah, y'all y'all do that shit. Follow the social medias and, and subscribes and leave the monies and shit like that. Because, uh, you know, gotta, gotta, gotta keep this train funded. You feel what I'm saying? Uh, I don't really got much else, man. Uh, usually, I don't always have one of these. Um, but I took a little trip back to my hometown. And anytime I take a trip somewhere, then it almost always... Gives me time to give, uh, it almost, almost always gives me some, um, material, I guess, some content. Something always fucking happens, nigga, because today we got a real nigga story time. That's all I was trying to say. You know what I mean? So, today on Real Nigga Story Time, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so I went back home. I went back home to the L. You know what I'm saying? My hometown. I'm from this little, little spot, Oklahoma. Lawton, L town. Show my little spot some love. But, you know, like a lot of towns, like a lot of communities, uh, drugs been a problem in Lawton for some time now. Um, we got a lot of uh, drug addicts and uh, some of the, what's the word I'm looking for? Some of the some of the usual things that you would expect to come from a town that's had drug problems for a long time. And maybe some things that you wouldn't expect to. Well, we have a lot of in Lawton are old ass crackheads. Like old ass crack and dope heads who've been smoking crack and meth and shit like that for years and years and years and years and years. And they've been strung the fuck out for years and years and years and years and years. And even if they may not be strung out anymore now, because some of them be clean now, their mind is still all fucked up. And they just can't. They don't, they don't be, they fucking in the way. 
a lot of times. I ain't even gonna lie. They be fucking so what? Also, not living in a bigger city, our our positions in like fast food places and stuff like that. First of all, they pay a little more, and also. It's just way more competition for the position. So I feel like we deal with a lot more kids, like young kids who just don't really give a fuck about the job or even maybe like older people. But even the, the you know, the pickings aren't so slim that you just get any damn body working anywhere. So I told y'all all this to tell y'all a story. So I wake up from the hotel room, you know, and I'm like, I want some breakfast. I'm back in Oklahoma, so I, I make it a point not to eat nowhere that we got nowhere else. Like, I'm not eating nowhere that I could get somewhere else. I'm going to get some shit from the, from the town. So, I'm like, Brahms breakfast. Brahms breakfast always slaps. You know, give y'all some nostalgia. My granddaddy took me to Brahms breakfast, got me some biscuits and gravy. First time I ever had biscuits and gravy, a nigga was about four, five. Then he took me fishing. He fished with chicken livers. First motherfucker I ever had fished with chicken livers. He was an old, dark country motherfucker. You know what I mean? And uh, I said, oh, this shit is gross. The fuck are you, what are you putting on this hook? And he's like, oh, I was going to catch them catfish. And we sat there and we fished. And I don't even remember if we caught any fish. I don't, I don't remember shit about it. I was too young. I just remember it being early as fuck. When we stopped at Brahms, the sun was not out yet. I was like, what the fuck? Are these vampire ass old people all doing at Brahms at the crack of dawn? But whatever. Anyway. So I'm like, Brahms breakfast, that's going to be the move. I pull up to the Brahms and they like remodeling the whole joint. And so you can't go to the drive-thru. So I'm like, I got to go inside. So when I, like, I see cars parked there and I see a lady walk inside. So I'm like, okay, you could go in. Um, Those of y'all who not from anywhere that has a Brahms. Brahms is a, a ice cream slash burger restaurant that's also got like a small grocery store in the front of it. So because of the remodel, the food part was closed, but the grocery part was open. But this is my first introduction to being back in the Lawton and dealing with Lawton ass shit because they, they just don't be putting the right people in the right spots to do stuff. So before I tell y'all what happened, I just need y'all to know. I just need y'all to know. Don't I, I don't want to go to hell for this. But I need y'all to understand exactly what I was dealing with and what I was trying to figure out. So I walk up and the man is standing at the front and and he looks at me and he says, not here but him. And I said, huh? He said, not him, not him, but him. I said, um, uh, is it closed? And then he's like, not here. And he's like pointing at the, the side where you were walking for the restaurant. He's like, but him. And he like points at like the grocery side. I'm like, oh, so you telling me the grocery side is open, but the food is closed. And he's like, yeah, not him, but him. Like, but like, so, okay, so here's the thing. Two things that occurred in that situation. Whoever the fuck put this nigga at the front to deliver the message, you didn't have nobody else who could have delivered the message a little bit better. I'm not saying, I'm not saying my man shouldn't have a job at that Brahms, getting paid whatever he's getting paid, not trying to take this man's job and his livelihood away. I'm just saying that whether this man is deaf, 
a little slow, whatever the fuck, <coughs> got him talking to me in this manner. You knew that. You knew that. When you was telling him, when you was explaining to him, I need you to stand at this door and tell people that the food side is closed, but the grocery side is open. And he looked at you and said, so now him or him? And you was like, yeah. You didn't think that that might be an issue, bro? Like, maybe there'll be a community. Anyway, whatever. So, I leave there because I don't need groceries. I'm like, all right, bet. I was. Hold on. I said one thing. Second thing, my nigga did get irritated with me for not understanding what was going on as though he was just giving me the clearest form of communication. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I got an issue with nothing. I'm not saying none of that. I'm just saying, damn, nigga, like, you know, listen, if you work it, if you got a job, whatever you got going on, you know about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'd be some people who got some kind of disabilities and shit like that, that like, they so like, you know, I don't know how to say it without being fucked up, but you know, they so deficient that they not aware of their deficits. That's what I'm trying to say. This nigga wasn't that slow. Or whatever. He might not even have been slow. He might have been deaf. If the nigga was deaf, I really got beef. I'm, I'm only giving him a little bit of, of, of leverage because I think he was slow. If he was slow, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little irritated with the job placement. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that he got a little attitude with me like he don't know what's up. But if he was deaf, that nigga rude, bro. You a rude ass motherfucker if you was just deaf. Anyway. Story ain't even about uh, Brahms. The story about Wendy's. Because Brahms closed, and I got to check out at a hotel at a certain time. I still ain't taking a shower or nothing like that. I was just going to get some food right down the street. So now I'm pivoting. Like, what am I going to get now? There's other Brahms, but they're too far to go all the way there, get back to the hotel, really be able to enjoy my food, worth shit, whatever. So I pull up to the Wendy's. I'm like, niggas been telling me I need to try Wendy's breakfast for the longest. Niggas is like, you got to try Wendy's breakfast. And I fuck with Wendy's. Another little flashback. My mama used to work at Wendy's when she was young, when I was young. You know, my mama had me when she was like 19. So, like, you know, she's the manager of Wendy's. This is the 90s. You know what I'm saying? My mama used to bring me to work with her to open up in the morning. I used to toast the buns. You know what I'm saying? I don't remember toasting the buns. Now, I mean, I kind of feel like I do, but I've been told a story enough times that I've generated this memory. So, whether or not it's real, I remember toasting them buns. You feel what I'm saying? As a young buck. So I got love for Wendy's. You know what I'm saying? So niggas is telling me to try it. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to pull up. I'm going to try it. I pull up to the window. I ordered a breakfast Baconator, which I didn't think I was going to like. Somebody had told me that the breakfast Baconator is not a burger with eggs on it. It's a, it's just a, it's just like a breakfast deluxe sandwich. It's, it's sausage where there would be burger and then just a lot of bacon and eggs and cheese. I don't really like. Deluxe breakfast sandwiches like that. I could do a sausage, egg, and cheese. I could do a bacon, egg, and cheese. But when you throw them both on the same sandwich, it's just overkill to a nigga. So, whatever. Um, I, uh, so I, um, so I ordered a breakfast baconator because I got to try it, though. Because niggas been hyping it up and I got to try it for myself so I can make sure whether I do or don't like it. So I ordered a breakfast baconator. Then... I, uh, then I order two bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits. No meals on any of this, just the sandwiches. Oh, no, 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 no. 
I got the baconator, the meal for the baconator, so that I could get, you know what I'm saying, the the potatoes and the lemonade. And then I got two break, uh, bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits. I get back to the, I get to, I get, I, I place my order in the window, and she's like, really confused. She's like, um, so on the on the baconator, you want the meal? And I'm like, yeah, the meal with a lemonade. And she's like, cool. And she's like, and then you just want the two sandwiches. I'm like, yeah, two bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits. She's like, just so just the two sandwiches? I'm like, just the, she's like, just the sandwich? I'm like, yeah, not the meal, just the sandwich. Two bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits. She's like, okay, so you wanted the baconator. You wanted just the meal? So, like, as soon as you get to asking me the same questions over and over again, I'm like, you're, you're, like, you're diff. So, I'm dealing with different kinds of impairment now. First time, it was probably God-given. This time, you done smoked your brain away. And I'm dealing with your old burnt-ass, frazzled-ass ends and wires and shit like that when I'm trying to get my shit together. Anyway, so she finally takes my order or whatever. I pull up, pay for my shit. She gives me my lemonade, tells me to pull up, and she'll bring me my food. Pet peeve of mine and something that always lets me know that shit is going to go left. If I'm the only car and you already telling me to pull up, why? Why are you telling me to pull up? Why are you planning to take a long time? Just let me wait right here. Don't tell me to pull up because that's the, y'all remember Popeye's, Popeye's tell me pull up, just forgot about a nigga. Anyway, I pull up, it don't take that long, they bring me my food, I pull off, I get halfway down the street, look in the bag, I got a breakfast Baconator meal, they done burnt the bread on my Baconator, but I'm not even tripping on that because I ain't even really want it that bad anyway. But then I opened up the motherfucking sandwiches, The it's two sausage, egg and cheese sandwiches. I'm like, I didn't order this. I ordered two bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits. What the fuck? So I turn around, go back to the motherfucking Wendy's. Y'all remember, I came to Wendy's because I was in a hurry anyway. I walk back in. I'm like, I walk up to her. I'm like, uh, these is two bacon. I was, I was like, I asked for two bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits. These are two sausage, egg, and cheese sandwiches. She looked at me talking about, uh, 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 you told me you wanted two classics. Y'all. It don't say nothing about no fucking classics on the menu. I know you. I know I said my mama used to work there back in the day. But, nigga, I don't know the lingo. Nigga, I wouldn't order two classics. Nigga, I ordered, my sh- I ordered two bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits. I don't know what a classic is. I didn't say that to the lady because I could tell she was 65 and doped out. So I was just trying to, like, and like I said, when I be calling her doped out, I don't want y'all to think that I think that she's currently a crackhead. She might not be anymore. But just, just let me tell y'all. Whatever your personal preference is, whatever you like to do in your free time, if you smoke hard drugs throughout your adulthood, when you get to old, you ain't going to be worth shit. Your mind is not going to be worth shit. Like, like I'm not, I ain't judging you or nothing like that. I'm just saying that's what it is. You be seeing them. You be seeing these old ass dope heads and they cannot think. It's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. And maybe in service industries and in the way and shit like that. And I know that there's a space where I'm supposed to have like the utmost like, I'm supposed to approach this from a level of humanity, like these are people and da da da. And on a level of talking about it from like policy or, you know, uh, just how we treat people in humanity, like I'm all down for that. But in my personal level, when you the bitch fucking up my order at Wendy's, you just the old smoked out dope head to me right now. And I'm so sorry for the way that I'm coming at you, but get it together. So, anyway. So she goes back and forth from me, looking at me like, here's the other thing. When you in a service, you in food service, if somebody bring you something that's like, this ain't what I ordered, it ain't like you're going to talk them down and make them walk out with it. It ain't your food anyway. You're just going to make them what they said they wanted and let them leave. Like, it's nothing. So she's finally like, fine. So she takes my sandwiches. She goes to the back. Check this out, though, y'all. She takes six steps from the register to the fucking cooks. 
It turns around and says, what kind of sandwiches did you say you wanted again? And you think it's me. You think it was me. You think that I just made it up. But you can't remember bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Six steps. So anyway, I'm like, two bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits. She's like, yeah, uh, something, something. Turns around and she's like asking me another question. I'm like, just two bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits. That's it. And she looks back again and she's like, you said bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits? I'm like, yes, two bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits. At this time, I had said bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit to this woman 38 times between the drive-thru, the counter, her standing at the cook, whatever. So I'm sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, watching this collection of drug users and victims of childhood victims of drug-littered households walk around Wendy's before it's really open. I'm like, damn, bro, it's like... The dope head lady, probably her daughter, who looks like she kind of smoking a little bit of dope too. Her kids, who look neglected a little bit. Her boyfriend, who look like he probably sell a little bit of dope. Her friend, who look like she probably do a little dope. Like it was really doped out in there. It was really, it was really crazy. And here's the other thing too: it's a lot of people who do drugs that you don't know do hard drugs. But if you could tell when they just standing in the Wendy's, they smoked out. Like it's different. It's a different level. They, they anyway. Anyway. So they bring me out my food. I get back to the car. I look in the bag. Sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. Chicken biscuit. I swear to God, y'all. You can't make this up. I walk back in there. And then one of the dudes like meets me at the door. And he's like, like almost on some what now shit. I just look at him. I said, bro, I just want two bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits. This is a chicken biscuit. And like, look at this shit, fam. He's looking at it. He's like, man, I got you. I'm going to go back there and make it myself. He's like, bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits. Right? I'm like, yes, bro. I just want a pe- I just want an egg and some bacon and some cheese in between the top and bottom of a biscuit. Two of those. That's it. Bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. That's all I want. My nigga finally goes to the back, sitting there waiting. He brings me out the meal, opens up the sandwich. He's like, this is what you want, right? I'm like, yes. But like, even like the the demeanor he had, like, this is what you want, right? Like, you don't, you're not going to send this one back too. Like, nigga, I ordered 78 bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits this morning. And, 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 and fucking, um, 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 uh, Metheny over there. Can't fucking get my order right. And then she giving, they talking about, oh, yeah, we training new people. Like, no, y'all, it ain't the new people fault. Y'all are not communicating effectively. Bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, bitch. Anyway, that's all I got for real nigga story time, bro. Uh, I just had to tell y'all about that shit. I had it. I had a whole time or whatever. So we're going to take a quick little break. We're going to come back and we're going to get into like, you know, the news and shit. What's going down? We back. Um, so all the, all the articles we got today, all the, all the, all the current event shit we got today, it's all pretty much U.S., all pretty much just on some, some U.S., general U.S. shit. It ain't really no world news. It ain't really no, no nothing like that. Um, nothing even really, oh, I guess, yeah, see, so it's some shit that done happened, but it's gonna have to be on the next episode because... Uh, that rapper Trouble got murdered, but apparently it was on some like, you know, rappers die all the time, which is not, you know, not to say that it shouldn't matter, but I think it was on some shit like he was kicking it with a bitch and her ex nigga pulled up, sorry, with a woman and her ex nigga pulled up and murdered him on some, on some, on some jealous shit. I'm not sure. Cause all I know is just from what I was scrolling on Twitter, but I had seen that. 
What else? Kevin Samuels was twinning again for some reason. That's really weird to me. All of that, all of that, that's weird to me. That meme that's been circulating around that's got like Amber Heard crossed off and it's like the picture of like Jada Pinkett and Meg Thee Stallion and like, like these bitches is next type shit. Um, that's weird to me too. I've said that I think all of that shit is weird to me before, but it's just, just let it play out. Like, it's the thirst for that to be the case that's so fucking weird to me. If if that makes any sense at all. It's the fact that it's niggas out here, and women too, people as a whole, who want it all they heart of hearts. They would rather it be that Megan Thee Stallion is lying, and they would rather it be like all these other things than like they just be telling the truth about a motherfucker who did some fucked up shit. Like, I... I don't know. The thing about it is, is that you don't have to preemptively cake for a nigga who's like accused of some shit like that when it's kind of on the fence right now. You could just shut the fuck up. That's probably my biggest thing. You could just shut the fuck up because all the times that I've mentioned all of this shit with Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion, you've never heard me get on here and say, I know for a fact that Tory Lanez shot that girl. I think he did. But I mean, I don't know yet. Like, we still waiting on all of this shit to come out. They still got to go to court. They still got to do all this other shit or whatever. So I'm really, for the most part, just shutting the fuck up, waiting for it to all fall go through so that I can then decide, you know, how I want to feel about it. I mean, honestly, it ain't much to decide. If I didn't have this podcast, I wouldn't care at all. I wouldn't care at all because these people don't have anything to do with me. These are celebrities who don't even care about my black ass. I don't care what Meg Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez are doing. I just don't. But anyway, whatever. Um. Yeah, that's just weird. But yeah, that rapper Trouble got shot. Kevin Samuels is trending again because niggas is like fine. I've said this before. Niggas like pussy. They don't like women. And it's just it's just true. It's weird to me, too, because women are dope, bro. Like, no cap. Women are dope. They provide a balance that men can't give each other, in my personal opinion. And the same reason I think men are dope. You know what I'm saying? But I just don't need no men because I am a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, unfortunately, I don't need nobody to put that together for me or cut my grass or no shit like that. And not saying a woman can't do that. But I'm just saying, damn, like, most women would rather a nigga do that, though. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's not about what you're capable of doing. It's about, like, what do you want to spend your time doing? Do you find a sense of accomplishment after you do some shit like that? Maybe you do, but is it worth doing it to you? Because, like, for me, it is. I like putting shit together. I like putting shit together. Look, if a woman calls me and she's like, can you put this together for me? Can you hang this TV for me? Can you help me do da 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 I like coming to do it. Absolutely even getting some pussy behind it. Like, if they just want me to do it, like, I like coming to do it just so I can be like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, beach chest, I'm man, I make fire. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm not against admitting that that's the case. So it's just like, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't need you to need me, but, you know, whatever. I don't even know how we got all the way here. So I suppose we'll get right into these first articles type shit. Um, we can start off with, 
the articles that I left off before I went out of town. Because I had a few things that I was already going to show y'all, talk to y'all about. And I didn't because, you know, real talk, uh, I, I was tired that night. I didn't have it. So, <laughs> but anyway, this is actually kind of an old story. This is from May 23rd. Um, and I just finally got around to uh, getting to it. Um, Associated report, Associated Press reports top Southern Baptist stonewall sex abuse victims. Um, the Southern Baptist Convention's executive committee and thousands of its rank and file members have had now have opportunities to address the scathing investigative report that says top SBC leaders stonewalled and denigrated survivors of clergy sex abuse for over two decades while seeking to protect their own reputations. Um, before I even read any farther, that's not like hella surprising to me. Motherfuckers be acting like it's just Catholics who be doing that shit. I grew up in Baptist church, and I'm not saying that I think that it was a bunch of wild, crazy shit going on in the church that I grew up in and shit. I don't. Um, but like when when you're talking about like the Southern Baptist Convention, I don't want y'all to be mistaken and think like this isn't black church. This is white church. This is where me and Devin be talking about white church. That is like Southern Baptist. Those are those are whites. Usually, I'm not saying that there's no black people involved in that. When you talk about like the Southern Baptist like convention and shit like that, that's pretty white. You should, you should be able to Google like a picture, uh, like a video of like their conferences and shit like that. The pretty, it's like a, it's like if you took a sandwich on white bread and then you filled it full of mayonnaise and I don't know white food coloring. It's white. You know what I'm saying? And you put like a couple of olives on there because white people like to put things that don't belong. The olives on a sale, olives on a mayonnaise sale. Anyway. Um, yeah, but so this is this. These are these are the people who I, this interested me is my point. That's the whole reason I said that to y'all. It interested me because, oh, shit. Um, I knew off the top who these people were. And I wanted to know, you know, what the fuck was they on? <laughs> um, the report issued Sunday says these survivors and others concerned and other concerned Southern Baptists repeatedly shared allegations with the executive committee only to be met time and time again with resistance, stonewalling and even outright hostility from some within the EC. I guess that's executive committee. Yeah. Um, the seven-month investigation was conducted by Guidepost Solutions, an independent firm contracted by the executive committee after delegates to uh, by the executive committee after delegates to last year's national meeting pressed for a probe by outsiders. Since then, several top executive committee leaders have resigned, and the body under interim leadership will meet Tuesday to discuss the report. Three weeks later, the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, will convene its 2022 national meeting in Anaheim, California. The report will be discussed there as well. Um, that's that's how that kind of shit go. Imagine, imagine. So first of all. It's wild that all of this shit happens around religion. And motherfuckers wonder why don't nobody believe in Jesus no more. I keep telling, bro, I'm telling you. Jesus, you're getting really bad pub right now. Between these niggas outside the abortion clinics, I want to talk to my nigga Jesus real quick. 
You know what I'm saying? I know I'm talking I'm talking to my nigga Jesus. Jesus, you're getting some real bad publicity right now. Between these niggas out here, outside abortion clinics, you know what I'm saying? Harassing motherfuckers and shit like that. But outside of these people, you know, uh, advocating for policies to, uh, I don't know, basically say fuck them immigrants, you know what I'm saying, in the name of protecting the country, you know what I'm saying? It'd be the same motherfuckers who be talking about they yo niggas. It'd be niggas out here banging for you, Jesus, who talking about fuck an immigrant, who talking about fuck them poor people, who talking about fuck anybody who's not me and my white ass family. It'd be the same. If you want to go back, Jesus, they really been banging on you kind of wrong for a minute. They was they was taking words out your daddy book. You feel what I'm saying? Construing them and telling, listen, check this out, Jesus. And they was telling niggas that they were supposed to stay slaves because you said so. They were saying that you said slavery was the move, bro. They was putting this on, on your on your name, bro. Sully in your set. You feel me? That's what they did to you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And now here they come with this shit. You know what I'm saying? They got a whole motherfucking organization dedicated to supposed to be spreading your name and your love. And what they doing? Fucking on the kids. And then when people are saying something about it, they like, nah, fuck that. Get up out of here with that. You you being problematic. You just talking shit. They transferring niggas to other departments and shit so they can fuck different kids, so they can fuck exotic kids. They putting these niggas on tour talking about this what Jesus want. Get your niggas, bro. Get your niggas. That's why now you got a whole generation of niggas with crystals and zodiac signs talking about they spiritual. You know what I'm saying? You got this whole big ass book. Niggas ain't even reading it no more. Oh, cause these motherfuckers over here are old ass. Cra- Listen, get your people. That's what you need to do. That's what you're gonna have to do. I don't know. Smite somebody, bro. The fuck? When the last time you smitten somebody? Anyway, all right, y'all. My bad. I had to talk to my. I had to get with my because you see what's been going down out here in the streets. The the story goes on to say our investigation revealed that for many years a few senior EC leaders along with outside counsel, largely controlled by the EC's response to these reports of abuse, were singularly focused on avoiding liability for the SBC. See, these niggas weren't even trying to save the kids, Jesus. They was just trying to stay out of trouble anyway. In the service of this goal, survivors and others who reported abuse were ignored, disbelieved, or met with constant refrain that the met with the constant refrain that the SBC could not, uh, could take no action due to its policy regarding church autonomy, even if it meant that convicted molesters continued in ministry with no notice or warning to their current church or congregation. The report added, "The fuck, like, imagine you go to a church and you get molested by somebody, and you find out." That the motherfuckers, the conference that your church belonged to, knew that a molester was in there with your church. And so that they didn't have to deal with the problem, they were like, we don't say anything one way or the other. If a nigga come into your church and he never fucked a kid before in his life, we don't mention it. So why would we bring it up if he fucked a kid or two? So what if he wants to be your youth minister? 
But bro, like, think about it. If you didn't, I don't know how many of y'all grew up in church at all. And I don't know how much black church differs from white church. Because I actually feel like black people are a little less, uh, we less, uh, Loose with our kids, really, is what I mean. Like, less trusting of other adults, maybe, is actually the way I want to put it. Because, like, the amount of time that we spent with other adults, like, at their homes, you know what I'm saying, at white church, was a lot. I don't know. I didn't go to black church, so I'm really, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not like this. I'm saying I don't know. I literally don't know. But it was a lot. Bible studies at other people's house. Fucking... Nigga, youth minister, bro. We had sleepovers at the youth minister's house several times, playing video games all night. It was fun. He wasn't fucking none of us. He wasn't fucking me. You know what I'm saying? But that, the, so here's the crazy thing about that. This is a small side note. This how predators be, right? And this is how you got to think. It's like the Bill Cosby thing. All the women who worked for the Cosby Show on a regular basis are like he was like a father to me. He would never. He protected me. He cared about me. All this stuff. They could never see him in that light. But all the other women who he did molest, like, they like, no, nah, he's a monster. Like, y'all just don't see it because it never happened to you. That's the vibes from the, uh, that, that it's like, maybe it was like that in some of them situations where you, like, in these positions where you so close with people and, like, they have so much... Uh, trust over you and so much. I don't know. It's just weird. I wonder if any, if I don't know. I hope not, but I do know, you know, unless that shit got repressed. Repression is real. I don't think my shit got repressed, but that shit is real than a motherfucker. I don't think none of them people was fucking on me, but they could have been. That's kind of the point is that they had the spaces to do so. And also, this is the thing I think, and I don't want to. I don't want to state this incorrectly as though I'm saying that victims of sexual abuse are weak in some way, because that's not what I'm trying to say. But what I am saying is that sexual predators know who's more vulnerable than others. You know, like it's, it's like part of being a predator. You know what I'm saying? Like a lion don't go for the strongest Buffalo in the pack. What's the point? You just want a Buffalo. Like, just find the weak one, find the slow one, and eat that nigga. You know what I'm saying? So, like, with this, it's like maybe they know you have a history of being abused before. Or maybe they know whatever it is. They, like, look for these things in you and pray on people and find the ones who they know won't say shit. Or who they feel like will be too scared to come forward. So, I don't know. It's, it's really fucked up. It's not actually funny at all. It's just really fucked up because under the guise of you love Jesus and you're a leader in this church, people really do allow church leaders a certain amount of freedom that they would not give regular people. Especially when it comes to like their kids and their family and shit like that. But don't even get me talking about because that's the, that's the thing. That's the sexual predator thing. Sexual predators find the places where so it's not a surprise that there's a lot of sexual predators in the church because they're like it's a hierarchy that's like built on obedience so all i have to do is like get some kind of status in this motherfucking people feel beholden to me it's it's but whatever i don't know i didn't i hadn't thought about that before i'm kind of all i'm kind of parsing this all out in real time with y'all um 
the report asserts that the executive committee staffer maintained a list of Baptist ministers accused of abuse, but bro, wait. The report asserts that the executive committee, uh, the executive committee staffer maintained a list of Baptist ministers accused of abuse, but there is no indication anyone took any action to ensure the accused ministers were no longer in position of power at SBC churches. The most recent list includes names of hundreds of abusers thought to be affiliated at some point with SBC survivors and advocates have long called for a public database of abusers. SBC President Ed Litton, in a statement Sunday, said he is grieved to my core for the victims that, and thank God for their work propelling the SBC to this moment. He called on Southern Baptists to mint and prepare to change the denomination's culture and implement reforms. The fact that you are aware that there's an entire culture that needs to be reformed, like to me, it's like thoughts and prayer Republicans. Like you're saying, what you're saying is, um, you know, we need to change the culture and da da da. But what I'm hearing is, uh, you know, our bad. We, yeah, we kind of did know the whole time that this was like the fact that you know what changes need to be made in the culture lets me know that like you were okay with the culture to begin with. That's my point. You were cool with the culture. You knew about the culture. But now you're like, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Like we, we knew that it would be easy to fuck kids the way we was running things, but we had no idea this many people would really do it. And we're, we're, we're going to change it up. It's like when the police are like, we just need more training. Like we know it's really easy to kill Negroes and get away with it as a cop, but we had no idea this many niggas was going to do it. We didn't know this many cops was going to do it. So our bad. Just give us some more training and time. We're going to change the culture. We're going to have community policing. You know what I'm saying? Body cams. Niggas still get shot. I don't, I don't know, bro. I send my daughter to church now, but only because, and I hope I'm right about this, because you really only know. You never fucking know. I just don't think she'll be the one. I think that she's too, she's a little too outspoken. She's... Um, she, she'll bite a nigga, I feel like. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully my baby will bite a nigga. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, I pray Southern Baptists will begin preparing. We'll begin preparing today to take deliberate action to address these failures and chart a new course when we meet together in Anaheim. Uh, among the key, among the report's key recommendations, form an independent commission and later establish a permanent administrative entity to oversee comprehensive long-term reforms. Concerning sexual abuse and related misconduct within the SBC, create and maintain an offender information system to alert the community to known offenders, provide a comprehensive resource toolbox, including protocols, training, education, and practical information, restrict the use of non-disclosure agreements and civil settlements, uh, which bind survivors to confidentiality and sexual abuse matters unless requested by the survivor. That's funny that that's one of the recommendations because that lets you know that they've been doing that. They've been settling suits, civil suits, and making them sign NDAs like, oh, somebody who we knew was going to fuck a kid, fucked your kid, we'll give you some money, but you can't tell nobody. Because we're probably not even going to fire dude. You feel what I'm saying? Or we're not going to say nothing, so he's just going to be able to go to another fucking church. 
And it's crazy because when you think about how everybody knows everything about everyone in any of these kind of things, you know, there's literally pastors and youth ministers who other motherfuckers be up there talking shit about at the conferences. Like, oh, you know how he is with those kids. You know, he's too friendly with those kids like my niggas. So basically, you know, he fucks kids, but you would rather talk shit about them than do something about it. And you know, that's going on. That's why I want to talk about this shit, because I knew this shit was crazy, bro. It ain't just them Catholics, bro. It's all organized religion. I'm not saying like they have no place in the world and fuck them all to hell or nothing like that. But what I am saying is that they are a breeding ground for motherfucking <sighs> egomaniacs, pedophiles, narcissists, all of those. All of those. It's, a, it's heaven for them niggas. Literally. Um a lot more let's see uh see, see it's it's uh yeah it's 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 a lot more um yeah the interim leaders of the executive committee willie mclaurin welcome recommendations pledged all our efforts no we recognize there are no shortcuts blah 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 blah. but even that that's the last thing i want to say on this they're recommendations from somebody some people that they paid so yeah they said all this stuff but they're not required to do any of these things all of this shit will probably die down and then we'll be talking about it again in 10 years we'll be talking about it again and they'll be talking about remember the database that was supposed to be made remember the limitations of ndas remember da 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 and they're going to go back and we're going to see all these instances where they didn't do any of those things that they were recommended to do. And it just went back to like child fucking as normal because it's fucked them kids for real. It's fucked them kids. I don't care what anybody tells me, bro. you're not going to convince me that anyone gives a fuck about any kid that's not their kid. Now, I'm not saying anyone, but I'm saying by and large, it'd be whole. Everybody who says they give a fuck, you have to prove to me that you give a fuck about these kids. Because don't nobody give a fuck about these kids, bro. Because it ain't, you got to think, when you're talking about all this sexual abuse and sexual misconduct, sure, it is probably not all kids. It's probably women who work in the church who getting coerced in different ways and probably men too because they be so many motherfuckers. It be crazy how many of these pastors is gay. It's crazy how many of these pastors is gay. And not that is, it's cool to me if you gay and you want to become a pastor that's fine to me. But if you a pastor and then you're going to tell everyone later on that you gay, nah, bro. This ain't the kind of place where you can do that. I'm not I'm not hearing that, bro. You can't in a in a in a in an environment where that is such a not even divisive but like unknown for Christians, they don't know how they feel about homosexuals leading worship sessions. I'm not a Christian, so it ain't my problem. You know what I'm saying? I'm just the I'm just a regular old grew up in white church. You know what I'm saying? I'm saved and baptized, but I ain't no Christian. <laughs> but anyway, like so you can't just come out the but anyway. There's be a lot of these pastors who be getting who be getting outed like, oh, he fucked men. Like he's like, oh, my bad he be going back looking at their old stuff. They talk about it's an abomination. Like, yeah, nigga, you an abomination. Like so dust eyes. Man, it's just crazy to me, like the hypocrisy of it. That's all. Do what you want. Um, yeah, but these are all recommendations. They're not going to do it. We're going to have all of this time come back where, you know, 
it's gonna be the same shit and that's it um the other story from last week that we didn't get to uh lottery winner <laughs> lottery winner <laughs> sentenced to life in prison for murder man who won 10 million dollar lottery is sentenced to life in prison for murder Bromwood County, North Carolina, a North Carolina man who won $10 million, who won a $10 million lottery prize in 2017 has been sentenced to life in prison for his murder conviction. Uh, The News Observer reported that Michael Hill of Brunswick County was convicted of killing his 23-year-old girlfriend, Kiana Graham. She was reported missing the summer of 2020. Her body was later found in a hotel room in North Carolina with a gunshot wound in the back of her head. Prosecutors reviewed surveillance footage from the hotel and found that Hill was had been the only person in the room with Graham. He later confessed to shooting her after he reportedly found her texting other men while they were at the hotel. Oh shit. Two men reportedly the two have reportedly been in a relationship for more than a year before Graham was killed. Hill was found guilty on first degree murder last week. He will spend life in prison without a possibility of parole. Ooh. Uh, damn. I didn't know. Uh, all I read, all I read that made me put this article on here was lottery winner sentenced to life in prison. Because I was thinking, what a fumbling of the bag. I have said this on so many occasions that it's a certain amount of money that I could accrue that there's really nothing you could ever say to me or my family to make me give a fuck. I just let me be, not let me have, but let me be worth. One million dollars. Let me be worth one million dollars. Not have, just worth. You literally could not make me give a fuck about anything that you did or said that was not a direct threat to my family's physical safety. You could call my daughters all kinds of ugly bitches. I don't care and neither do they. We are rich. Throw money at that broke nigga. That's what we'll do. Every time somebody says something else, we'll just throw money at your broke ass. Pennies, though. Hard money. You feel what I'm saying? We'll keep a bucket full of change for haters and we'll throw it at your bitch ass. Because, you know, we only worth one million. But if we was worth a hundred million, oh, we carry your money guns, bitch. We throw money on you like a stripper when you call, oh, I'm ugly. <laughs> broke nigga. Pick that money up. Who, who ugly now? You look like a broke bitch all crawling on the ground trying to get $1 bills like a bitch. <laughs> no, really. Honestly. I can, you could never upset me. That nigga, if, listen, if I would have seen Kiana Graham texting another nigga and I'm, I'm Michael Hill or whatever, was that his nigga's first name? It don't matter. Yeah, and I'm Michael Hill. I'm going to just take my millions and go. But you know what the problem is? They was in a hotel room that they didn't find her in until later on. So they was probably crackheads. And bro, crackheads always win the lottery. I think it was my dad maybe that was telling me this, but it's not my original theory that only crackheads win the lottery. I think my pops had told me that shit. He was like, yeah, it'd only be crackheads who be winning the lottery. And I was like, wow. That shit is real, bro. It really do only be crackheads who be winning the lottery. They win it, they trick it all off, and then they be broke later on. That's why they used to, I remember when I was young, they had this show on E, and it was like, 
lottery winners, where are they now, or like the 20 worst lottery, you know how lottery, you know how E used to be back in the E true Hollywood story days of E, back in the day, so it was like all the horror tragedy stories of niggas who won the lottery, like niggas bought mansions and cars, and then got strung out on crack, and then started smoking crack in their mansion, and then they die in the mansion, like it's just wild. That's how it's always been. So when I hear about a story like my man Michael Hill, I'm not really that surprised. Rest in peace, Keanu Graham. You know what I'm saying? We shouldn't make comedy out of this tragedy, but I mean, it ain't going to bring these people back. And at the end of the day, I think it's an algorithm. I played the lottery before. And they like, no, you don't have a bad enough drug abuse problem to win the lottery. And that's bullshit. I got these kids. I got big fucking dreams. You know what I'm saying? I could be in a hole. Imagine if I won the lottery right now, I would be, I would build me a big, beautiful podcast studio and I would just kick my feet up and talk my shit. I would pay for endless marketing. So I would make myself successful because I would just blast myself all over motherfucking social media. Nigga, I would get a billboard with my motherfucking shit on it. You feel what I'm saying? I would make myself that way. I would, no matter what, I'll still get my paper up because now I don't have to work no more because I got the big check. Now I done turned the big check into a big bag. Now niggas want to endorse a nigga, sponsor a nigga. They like, can you sit on my couch with your feet up and say, fuck this couch? Can you sit, you know what I'm saying, on my grill, you know what I'm saying, with your barbecue sandals on and say, fuck this meat? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be, fuck this, that. Fuck this, this. Fuck that, that. You know what I'm saying? Getting this money. That's what I would do if I won the lottery. But they give it to crackheads and what do they do? Kill bitches. Smoke crack. Lose it all. That's a, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. And in no way do I agree with that. I'm just, I'm not a fan. I'm not fucking with it. All right. So what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Let's go backwards. Let's talk about... Let's tie some shit up. Um, first of all, I always like to try and whenever I make big, wild, wrong ass statements, um, uh, I try and clean them up and come back later and be like, I was wrong about that. One thing I said that was wrong is that they have reported and this wasn't my fault. I told y'all what was reported, but you know, you got to come back and retract it. Right. Uh, the, in that Uvalde shooting, the teacher didn't leave that door open. Um, I don't remember the real story for what happened. I believe it was something like the door was broken and didn't lock, but it wasn't the teacher's fault. Like the door just didn't lock or some bullshit like that. So yeah, I was wrong about that. My bad for, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, like I aired a teacher name out or some shit like that, but still I was wrong. So, uh, but, um, you know, obviously as, as I was saying, there's going to be way more information that continues to come out, continues to come out about this. And what I was not wrong about was the fact that people not wanting uh, to be held accountable for their role and what went wrong is going to be a lot of the reason why you see so much slow information gathering, why it doesn't move faster. So uh, this article is uh, the Texas Tribune. Police chief who led the response to the school shooting in Uvalde had no radio at the scene, reports say. Uh, the Uvalde school district police chief who led the response to last week's shooting and made the decision to wait for reinforcements while the gunmen and survivors were still in the building did not have a police radio when he first arrived on campus. 
possibly missing reports about 911 calls coming from inside, according to reports. P.R. Adondo, police chief for the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District, instead used a cell phone to call a police landline to tell officers about the shooter. The New York Times reported Friday, Arredondo told his department that the gunman had an AR-15 but was contained. The Times reported in the send, backup, and surround Rob Elementary School. Arredondo's decision-making has been widely criticized after it took more than an hour for law enforcement to breach the classroom where the gunman was holed up. Parents begged the dozens of officers outside the school to take action and try to enter the schools themselves. Some were physically restrained. Um... Hold up, y'all. I actually have a side note about this. And we have, I you may have heard this uh this story already. Um or it's a woman, and I cannot remember her name right now, but I saved I saved the video. Angeli Gomez had been at the school that morning for her children's graduation ceremonies before going to work. But when she heard about the shooting, she tells Lily Luciana that she jumped in her car and rushed right back to the school. Right away as I parked, um, U.S. Marshal started coming toward my car saying that um, I wasn't allowed to be parked there. And uh, he said, well, we're going to have to arrest you because you're being very uncooperative. I said, well, you're going to have to arrest me because I'm going in there and I'm telling you right now, I don't see none of y'all in there. Y'all are standing with snipers and y'all are far away. I'm, if y'all don't go in there, I'm going in there. He right, immediately put me in cuffs. She says after Uvalde police officers told marshals to uncuff Gomez, she ran towards the school. As soon as they uncuffed me, I jumped that first gate fence. And once I jumped it, I went to my son's class. And I knocked on the door and I remember the teacher saying, um, I'm like, hey, they're already, they're already um, bulge cutting the fence to get me. She's like, you think we have time to get out? I said, y'all have time. I'm going to run for my other son. Once she was assured her son was okay, Gomez ran to get her other child. I see that they're opening my son's door. I go run for my son and I get him. With both of her kids out safe, Gomez still can't shake the thought of those who didn't make it. The gunshots were still active. They were not in there. There was no one in there. If anything, when I pulled up, my car was closer to the school than, the, where, than where the snipers and everybody that was laying on the ground were. They could have saved many more lives. They could have gone into that classroom and maybe two or three would have been gone, but they could have saved a whole, a whole more, the whole class. They could have done something, gone through the window, sniped them through the window. I mean, something, but nothing was being done. If anything, they were being more aggressive on us parents that were willing to go in there. And like I told one of the officers, I don't need you to protect me. Get away from me. I don't need your protection. If anything, I need you to go in there with me to go protect my kids. And if anything, they were being more aggressive on us. They were more pertained on keeping us back than getting into that school. The whole reason why I wanted to put that little clip in there was just because she's dope as fuck for going to get her kids, bro. Like, fuck that shit. Them niggas was literally out there not doing shit. And now you, as time starts to go, you start to see exactly what was going on. The, the nigga who was running it, he on his fucking cell phone, so he's not even getting the 911, the information from the 911 calls, because he doesn't have a radio that's giving him back and forth feedback. He done just made the call. He's like, my nigga done picked up the phone and said, oh, it's an active shooter? Hold tight, I'll be there. You know what I'm saying? Just post up till I pull up. Call somebody, call tactical, tell them to pull up, I'm on my way. Hangs up. And he's not getting no information in between. At least that's what it sounded like to me. That's what it sounded like to me. Let's read. 
let's read some more because that's one thing that's dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Is that you be out here assuming what sound like it would be in your mind instead of actually looking and see what it says. So anyway, uh, yeah, parents begged the dozens of officers outside to take action, tried to enter themselves. Some were physically restrained. It was Aradondo who decided not to immediately confront the gunman who killed 19 children, two teachers, and injured 17 others. See, I didn't even know that it was 17 others injured uh, from what I had seen last. And also... That's the other crazy thing is that the mom is like, nah, he was still shooting kids when I went in there and got mine. So he definitely, it was definitely kids who got shot who didn't need to get shot. It was definitely kids who bled out and died who didn't need to get bled out, who didn't need to get bled out, who didn't need to bleed out and die. And it's kind of like, we have a system that's put in place to prosecute so many things, but negligence on this level Nothing's going to happen to this nigga. They took this same nigga in the cover of dark and signed him into the city council before it could become a big deal as though that's just going to, because they're like, it has to stand now. That's fucking crazy. That nigga got to resign, bro. That, anyway. Uh, it was Arredondo who decided not to immediately confront the gunman who killed 19 children, two teachers, and injured 17 other state law enforcement officials have said instead Arredondo chose to wait for backup and equipment to treat the gunman as a barricaded suspect rather than an active shooter. Steve McCraw, head of the Texas Department of Public Safety, said last week, meanwhile, 911 calls from students trapped inside the classroom with the gunman were pouring into law, local law dispatchers, including a student begging for police officers to show up. Those calls were routed to the Uvalde Police Department, which operates independently from the school district's police force. Ro, uh, Roland Gutierrez, the state senator who represents Uvalde, said Thursday, which still is kind of like the police is all down for bending rules and breaking rules and shit like that. But you see that this asshole is fucking it all up and you got cops too. like somebody had to make the call to be like, fuck that waiting shit. We're going to go in. And from what I've seen, it was a Border Patrol officer who had kids in there who made that call. It wasn't. Then waiting on tactical, like they showed up and they were like, no, nah, we're not waiting anymore. We're fucking going. Because that's what you're supposed to do in a situation like that. The fuck? Um, unless there was someone relaying him info, there was no way for him to know there were 911 call, calls coming from inside that room. Since the massacre, Ardondo has been in hiding. The 50-year-old police chief has declined to speak publicly for his decision-making during the shooting. He stopped cooperating with Texas rest, uh, Rangers investigating the shooting. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, fuck him and fuck all of that. We're not reading any more of that. He's a piece of shit dickhead. And we already kind of knew that. Um, some other shit that popped up about that shit that I wanted to... That I had to read was... Um, this is from the Insider Teacher. Texas teacher whose 11 students were killed says active shooter training set the children up like ducks for the shooter. I wanted to read this because I've always felt like that. And I literally tell my daughter, I don't give a fuck what that school tells you about. Oh, get here, hide there. You find a way out that motherfucker and you leave. Period. You get the fuck out of that school. You find a window that you know opens, a side door or something, and you get the fuck out of the school. That's what you do. Straight up. We're going to see what the... T Hold on, let's see. Okay. A wounded teacher, a wounded Texas teacher whose 11 students were killed in the May 24th mass shooting in Uvalde said active shooter training set the children up like ducks for the gunman. It all happened too fast. Training, no training, all kinds of training. Nothing gets you ready for this. Uh, Arnolfo Reyes told Good Morning America in an emotional interview that aired on Tuesday. 
Reyes was teaching his fourth grade class in room 111 at Rob Elementary School on the day the gunman burst into the school and massacred 19 children and two adults. He said his students were watching a movie after a year-end celebration when they heard gunshots. Reyes says he told the children to hide under the table and act like they were asleep, but the gunman burst into his room and opened fire, shooting Reyes twice and killing all of his students. We trained our kids to sit under the table, and that's what I thought at the time, but we set them to be like ducks. Uh, a visibly upset Reyes says, you can give us all the training you want, but laws have to change. He said he tried his best uh, with what he was told to do and tearfully apologized to the families of his students. I literally could not imagine being this man. Fuck. Your whole class gets murdered in front of you when you was just supposed to be watching a movie and they you just they just did what you told them to do? Now, granted, it doesn't appear to me that the way this all played, played out, especially with the age of those kids. And like, you don't really know how the school is set up and is there a door or a window or whatever. But, um, it just seems like it all, like he said, it all happened so fast. And that shit is crazy to feel responsible for that. And to have witnessed that as a child, as an adult, it's just crazy fucking traumatizing, bro. Um, and it's crazy because it makes me think of something. Um, the, that stupid ass fucking argument they was making about, we need more, le- less doors, one way in, one way out, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I remember I used to go to school. I used to go to Bishop elementary and I don't know if the other kids at Bishop will remember this. So if you have, if anyone who went to Bishop, all of our classrooms actually had a door that went outside. There were doors where you could get out of the classroom as well as, like, so it was like the door into the classroom and then an exterior door. A lot of classrooms had that went outside, like straight outside. Almost all of them did. I feel like all of them did. Not like it's logistically possible for that to be the case everywhere else. But it just occurred to me that that would be way safer than no doors. If there were doors in all those classrooms, they would have heard gunfire and realized they was coming from inside. But nigga, we pushing that door. We up out there. Boom, nigga. Miss Osborne's class would have been gone. Not to, you know, make light of the situation, but just saying. Less way, the fact that schools have less, like so much constriction and don't have more ways in and out is the reason why I feel like they get preyed upon more in situations like this. Not less, but, you know, what the fuck do I know? Um, Ray has told Good Morning America he felt absolutely abandoned by police that day and there's no excuse for their actions. Texas officials have come under intense. Yeah, we already know all of this. Police were at the scene within minutes. This is just a synopsis of all the things that we already know. That they was there for a long ass time and fucked this off when they didn't really have to. Um, and that's garbage, basically. That's fucking garbage and trash and stupid. And unfortunately, there's nothing that we can, like, you know, go back and do about that. But, you know, Matthew McConaughey went to the White House and apparently. That's going to change something like shit like that pisses me off, bro. Like, what the fuck do I care about Matthew McConaughey being at the motherfucking White House today talking about like, and yeah, it was a nice speech and he was talking about like just different shit and everything. But bro, y'all ain't going to do shit to, to end it talking about we need we got a chance for people on both sides of the aisle 
That's what they said when George Floyd got murdered. They was like, oh, now's the chance. We have this window. And you know what Republicans do? They drag their feet into the window until they get out the window. And then they go right back to the old talking points and nothing motherfucking happens. And so, yeah, this is the time of the podcast where we take to tell you niggas that you got to go motherfucking vote these bitch ass bitches out of office because they really, truly are the evil empire. And if it was up to them, they wouldn't give a fuck if all of these kids, they would make you give birth to a kid just so we could go to elementary school to get gunned the fuck down. And that's just the real of it. So fuck them niggas. They all got to go. They all got to motherfucking go. Okay, let's see what else we got. Um, <laughs> this is from California. California, California is like the opposite of Florida. Florida is always on some shit where it's like, uh, you know, some crazy ass shit. California always goes super liberal on you, where it's like. We going, we going so liberal that you won't even know what the fuck to, to think about this. Um, who, who is this? The Sacramento Bee reports that bees are legally fishing California court rules. Here's why and what led to it. Bees are now legally considered fishing California under the state's endangered species law and appeals court in Sacramento ruled on Tuesday. Um, in 1970, the 1970 Act explicitly protected fish which were initially defined as invertebrates and because the act protected snails and other invertebrates that live on land since Tuesday's ruling said it interpreted the legislation to include bees accordingly a terrestrial invertebrate like each of the four bumblebee species may be listed as an endangered or threatened species under the act the third district california court of appeals associate justice ronald roby wrote in short the ruling restored protections to bumblebees which were initially classified as endangered by california fish and game commission in 2019 agricultural groups later appealed this decision in 2020 a judge from the sacramento county superior court sided with the farmers citing that the law was only intended to protect invertebrates who live in marine habitats such as fish this most recent court case pitted California agricultural groups, including almond, citrus, and cotton farmers, opposing bees as an endangered species against the Commission and the Xerxes Society for Invertebrate Conservation. Um, I'm, I, first of all, why is there always some evil white man who wants the world to end for money? Fam, what are you going to spend your fucking money on if the world ends? Why do the almond citrus and all that industry, they don't want to take accountability for the fact that they provide an environment that's hostile to motherfucking bees being able to reproduce effectively, but bees being able to reproduce effectively is the whole motherfucking reason why we have enough food to eat? Bro, if y'all don't know, and I feel like everybody listening to the Fuck This Shit podcast knows, at this point, the fact that we need bees is not fucking new. But if you happen to not know, if the bees die, we die. That's it. It ain't even no. If you watch B-movie, I never seen B-movie, but the homie told me that a B-movie is really just a movie about how if the bees die, the people fucking die. Basically got some kind of shit to do with how they pollinate shit. Y'all niggas remember third grade science. You know that it's pollen all over the bees legs and shit like that. And they, they get on top of the plants and then they fly to another plant. And then those plants fuck. And then they babies be fruits. 
You know what I'm saying? But that's not going to happen no more because y'all niggas want the bees to die so that you can keep selling almond milk, even though we know almond milk is not even as good as oat milk. It's not even as good as some of these other plant-based milks. Almond milk is mid-ass plant. If you still fucking with the almond milk, you an introductory plant-based ass nigga and you don't even care about the environment. You probably just lactose intolerant nigga because almonds are terrible for the environment and they a dusty, dry-ass fruit. I mean, nut. Pause. They're the worst nut. Cashews, soft and moist. Pistachios have their own little saltiness. You know what I'm saying? And then when you, just the event of taking it out of the shell. But the almond covered in this fucking onion-like paper? The fuck? Anyway. That's what's going down. A motherfucker. Uh, a, a motherfucking... Uh, <laughs> a motherfucking um it sounds like one because you know california is not all liberals they got some republicans in there they probably had a little republican judge getting paid by the almond industry like nah bees aren't fish you can't protect them niggas and then you got the liberals who was like nah bees is fucking fish nigga they invertebrates, it protects snails and other non-fish entities. We trying to keep the world alive by any means necessary. So bees are fish. But what I am going to tell you is that if this is going to continue to go up the higher port, uh, higher course, I have sad news for you, bee advocates. Um, This Republican-ass Supreme Court we got is not fucking with this trans species shit y'all got going on right now. You think you can just decide that you want to be something else? You think that Brett Kavanaugh... uh. And Amy Coney Barrett are going to allow bees to just wake up one day and decide they fish. What's next? Bears deciding that they wolves. Horses deciding they unicorns. That sounds gay to me. No, that's not happening. Not with this Supreme Court. They're not going to set a precedent that animals can be trans species because maybe masculine animals will decide to be more feminine animals on some gay shit and we don't have no gay shit going on in Trump Supreme Court because Trump did basically pick this whole fucking Supreme Court. Not really, but all the parts that matter. It, so, you know, again, vote and shit so you don't have a whole nother so we don't have a seven to nothing fucking supreme court where they're literally saying because listen i was saying this as a joke but if this continues to go up to higher courts i don't know if this is one of those things that can leave the state of california hopefully it cannot if it can the supreme court is going to knock it down they're going to be like bees aren't fish fuck the bees let the almond niggas make their money um yeah, the term invertebrate includes all animals without backbones, which I think all of us knew that, which make up the vast majority of life on Earth. About 80% of the world's animals are insects. Uh, Yesman said the insects form the backbone of, a backbone of ecosystems and humans in particular depend on bees for pollination. Maintaining diversity of species and native pollinators in our ecosystem is very beneficial to aviculture and the four bumblebee species discussed in the case the crotch, the Franklin, the suckly cuckoo, and the western bumblebee are highly endangered. Under the act, bumblebees will be protected from the take, which includes any activities that can cause them to go extinct. Essentially, it will protect colonies of these bumblebee species from being killed intentionally. Which is wild that that's all this is saying. Like, y'all can still do all the shit you do that might accidentally kill bees, but when you run up on some bees, you can't kill them because the world needs them. But they like, nah, nigga, we want to be able to murder these bees because they mad and convenient. Boy, fuck y'all. 
Fuck y'all. Anyway. What else we got here? Oh, this for y'all parents. Because I be seeing what y'all be doing. Melatonin overdoses in kids increases 530% over past decade. What parents need to know to keep kids safe. Okay, before I read this article, I'm certain that this has more to do with kids finding the melatonin and taking it like uh, Tashawn's son on set it off. You know what I'm saying? Even though what he got into was some bleach under a cabinet. But you know what I mean. Kids like unintentionally, unintentionally overdosing themselves. But I know a couple of y'all niggas lied and said, oh, he just got into it because you was like, it's not working no more. It's not working no more. Y'all niggas be putting a cream on your babies. They got melatonin creams, melatonin sprays, melatonin pills. Y'all be giving them niggas all of that shit. And you got your babies over there taking a long nap. You need to relax. You doing too much trying to get some stuff. I understand. I understand. I got a one-year-old. I get it. I got a 15-year-old. I be wanting to spray her with some melatonin. Shut the fuck up. You feel what I'm saying? But you can't. You just got to take them lumps as a parent. You shouldn't have had them kids if you didn't want to hear them talk, especially if you got girls because boys, they going to talk. Anyway, over the past decade, the number of children overdosing on melatonin, a sleep aid, has increased by 530% according to a new study published by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The largest increased a 38% jump came in the first year of the coronavirus pandemic, which studies authors said was likely because more children were spending more time at home. So my question is, did that happen because they were home more so they had more chance to find the melatonin and actually take too much? Or they were home more so the parents was like, oh, you already awake? Take one of these. Take 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 a few of these and call me in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, why were y'all overdosing your babies? Anyway, in 2021 alone, more than 50,000 calls were placed to poison control centers in the United States about melatonin ingested by kids. Most were unintentional exposure, meaning the parent did not give the child melatonin, which is what I said. Uh, said ABC News Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. Jennifer Ashton, also board-certified OBGYN. So the implications that the child got into it themselves. Here are four things parents need to know to keep kids safe. One, melatonin is a highly is a widely accessible supplement. Melatonin is a hormone that plays a role in sleep. The U.S. melatonin in the U.S. melatonin supplements are considered dietary supplements, which means they are accessible to the public without regulations of the prescription drug. Melatonin supplements come in a form of tablets, capsules, liquid, and even gummies, which may make them more attractive to kids. According to the study's authors, increased sales, availability, and widespread use have likely resulted in increased access and exposure risk among children at home. Of course, that's kind of common sense. More people got it, so more people can get it. But here's one thing that I do know about things that are considered dietary supplements and not prescription drugs. Those much laxer standards means that they don't have to necessarily have in them exactly what they say they have in them. So be careful giving your kids that shit. Um, Number two, melatonin has not been widely studied in kids. There have yet to be enough studies on melatonin in kids to know its full impact, according to the National Institute of Health. Even in adults, the long-term impacts of melatonin are not well known. Even the supplement does not appear most, even if the supplement does appear to be mostly safe, with short-term use with kids because melatonin is a hormone, there's a possibility that taking a supplement can impact hormonal development like puberty and menstruation, according to the National Institute of Health. 
That's wild. Y'all fucking your babies up because you don't want to just see. And y'all was talking shit about all us who was just giving them a little bit of bitter drill here and there because they got allergies. These babies be having allergies. They be having allergies. They be breaking out and shit like that. Y'all don't know if my baby don't do or don't have allergies every single night that she don't want to sleep. Shit. Brie ain't never had no melatonin, but some Benadryl. Anyway, melatonin ingested by a child is a, mel- is a medical emergency. That's number three. According to Aston, when a child ingests melatonin without medical supervision, it is a medical emergency that requires immediate action. You either want to bring them to an emergency room or contact the Poison Control Center. The phone number to reach Poison Control is 1-800-222-1222. Again, that's 1-800-222-1222. Symptoms of melatonin ingested in kids include abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, excessive tiredness, and labored breathing. Um, number four, parents should store melatonin out of kids' reach. I'm not even going to read the rest of this because, duh, duh, keep the drugs where your fucking kids can't reach them because, you know, you don't want your kids to get, never mind, don't. Put the melatonin in your baby's room on a nightstand. That's where it belongs. Nothing. What could possibly happen? It's all fine. It'll be fine. We'll all be fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. Um, Let's see. What else do we have? What else is going on? Politico reports that Biden sees exodus of black staffers and some frustration among those who remain. Oh, shit. Ice Cube has got to the White House. Ice Cube and Uncle Luke have gotten their frustrations over to the White House. You've seen these niggas. I knew this was going to happen one day. See, y'all may not know that Ice Cube and Uncle Luke have been telling black people not to fuck with Joe Biden from the rip. And even though we was all settling for this nigga, I knew that the day may come that all of these black influences may seep their way into the White House. And now they are. I don't know what this is going to mean for the Democratic Party, who I think is going to try and weekend at Bernie's Joe Biden for the 2024 nomination. I genuinely believe they're going to have Joe Biden with the glasses on, holding that man's arms up, even though he's actually no longer alive to run against Donald Trump again, who will also be weekend at Bernie's, but he won't be because Donald Trump is going to go full on Futurama. Donald Trump is going to have his head inside a jar of water. and He's going to be debating from a podium while they weekend at Bernie's Joe Biden. On the other side, that to me is going to be the presidential debates for 2024. Put a pin in that in case I'm right. Anyway, at least 21 black staffers have left the White House since late last year or are planning to leave soon. Some of those who remain say there's no wonder why. They describe a work environment with little support from their superiors and fewer chances for promotion. The departures have been so pronounced that according to one current and one former White House official, some black aides have adopted a term for them, Blacksit. You know, like Brexit, but blacks it because they're black people and they're exiting. Blacks it like Benefer. Anyway, um, the first big exit came in December when Kamala Harris, senior advisor and chief spokesperson Simone Sanders announced she was leaving ultimately for a gig at MSNBC. Since then, Harris senior aides Tina Flor- uh, Florini, Ashley uh, Etni, uh, uh, E-T-I-N-N-E. T-I-E-N-N-E. I do not know how to say that. A teeny. And Vincent Evans, the public engagement head. And public engagement head Cedric Richmond has left. Cedric, Cedric Richmond left? Man. 
Cedric Richmond is a real nigga. Y'all got to Google that, man. Public engagement, a Carissa Smith. Gender policy, a Kalisha DeSores Figures. National Security Council Senior Director, Linda Etim. The Digital Engagement Director, Cameron Trimble. All these other people who you're not going to know. The exodus has raised concerns among outside observers who push for diversification among government ranks. I've heard about the exit of black staffers from the White House Blacksit, and I am concerned. Spencer Overton, president of the Joint Center for Political and Economic Studies, which tracks government staff diversity in numbers. Black voters accounted for 22% of President Biden's voters in November 2020. It is essential that black staffers are not only recruited to serve in senior, mid-level, and junior White House positions, but are also included in major policy and personnel decisions that have opportunity for advancement. So, I'm not going to lie. As a black person, this is slightly concerning. I know I made the joke in the beginning, but if all the black people who are associated with you are quitting because you're not doing the things that you said you were going to do for black people, it's basically kind of like I was saying about um, white people, or not white people, uh, Christians, like jokingly almost, that you solely in the brand. I feel like black people, we have a deeper collective consciousness than a lot of other minorities or groups at all in America where we kind of feel a beholding to one another in a different way and be also responsible for each other in a different way. So for those people who are in those positions and they're supposed to be kind of representing for other black people to not really have the pull that they're supposed to have. And not be able to push the agendas that they're supposed to have. It's kind of like, I have to quit. If I'm Simone Sanders and I want to maintain this brand as someone who advocates for black people, but I know that this administration isn't going to push forward the agenda for black people like I would like pushed, I have to leave or else I won't be able to say that, excuse me, I won't be able to be a part of that brand any longer. That's going to start to sully me in a way that makes it, impossible for me to advocate effectively for people who I want to. And that bothers me a little bit. Um, that frustration, I, a lot of times I always get on here and say like, as black people, black men in particular, we have to go vote. We got to go do all of this. We got to vote in primaries and all these other things. And even if you, the guy who you don't want wins a primary, you got to go vote anyway, because these Republicans are the evil empire and they'll take all your shit. And that's all true. And that's my number one guiding philosophy. But I never wanted to be mistaken that I don't understand black people's frustration with the unwillingness to push forward agendas for us. Um, feeling like the only time we're even addressed is when it comes to criminal justice. They're like, oh, well, we can stop throwing so many of you in jail. And it's like, we have so many other things that need to be addressed and so many historical inequities and all these other things that really need to be looked at in a comprehensive way and addressed in a comprehensive way. Um, that all these little things that you're doing don't serve us. So, and I can imagine it to be a position where a lot of those staffers probably feel, because I will be honest, this is a lot of the time the feeling that I get unfortunately, as a black man, a black person in America, is that when we address certain issues that we have, what we get is you're not grateful for what you already have. 
And if I had to deal with that in a professional environment, which I mean, I do to a degree because we all do. But if I had to deal with that in a professional environment where I was supposed to have some kind of impact on the world around me, I don't know that I could handle that. I don't know that that's something that I could just walk into work every day and deal with. And then at the same time, I got my friends and family basically calling me a fucking coon because I'm not doing any of the things that I said I was going to do. And they're telling me, oh, Biden don't do shit. And I'm over here. No, well, 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 this is what we really do. But then we're not really getting no real advocacy and pushback or no cooperation from the administration that we are part of. So I don't really know that that's something I could fuck with. Um, that bothers me and it's concerning to me. Um, so the White House official pushed back on those concerns, saying that around 14% of the current White House staffers identify as black in line with national proportions. Uh, the official added that the number is expected to increase as more black staffers are brought on board and that 15% of black staffers have been promoted in the last year. But okay, like that's the thing. So 15% of 14% have been promoted in the last year. That's not a lot. So if it's 14 people, let's say it's 100 people. So 14 of those people are black. So you're saying 15% of 14 people got promoted. Nigga, that's two people. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, we're not fucking stupid. And that's the thing they say shit and that bothers me. They say shit to us like we can't fucking count. But anyway, the president is incredibly proud to have built what continues to be the most diverse White House staff in history. He is committed to continuing historic representation for black staff in all communities. Said White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre, this is the normal time for turnover across the board in any administration and the black staff have been promoted at a higher rate than staff who are not diverse. Which, to me, the fact that they even have to say stuff like that is actually a bad look. That's just going to make, that brings back for pushback where you get those people saying, well, see, now it's it's reverse racism and blah, 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 blah. Don't say that you're doing more for us than you're doing for other people. Just do what you're going to do. And if you're really doing it, fuck what people are saying. And if you're not doing it, address the issue and just move on. Um, about that girl, though, uh, Corinne, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, uh, she's dope. I watched her whole first press conference because I thought that was a really dope moment as a black woman to take that position for the first point in time. Um, even though I'm not big on symbolism and all that stuff, I you could it means a lot for the people who break those barriers, though. It means a ton for those people. So for her, I knew it was a big moment for her. I wanted to watch it, and I like her a lot. She seems super cool. So, uh, you know, whatever. Um, as far as the um, Biden administration having the most diverse uh, staffers of all time, that's one of those things where it's kind of like, how much of that is symbolic and how much of that is functional because yeah, it can be a lot of us here, but you don't listen to any of us. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is. That's just my concern when I hear this story. Um, it says a number of staffers who left moreover said it was on good terms. Some departures were for graduate school opportunities. Others were for different cabinet departments. Several said they were leaving because of family matters. The source figure says she wanted to focus on her young children as did Conley. But others described a need to refocus in general, having spent years operating in a tense work environment with little time off. 
I worked for both the president and the vice president during the campaign cycle and considered the chance to serve the American people in the Biden-Harris White House nothing short of an honor, said Austin in an email. I loved my experience on the press team and left because I wanted a chance to spend more time with family after nearly three years straight of campaigns and government work. Um, yeah, okay. That's that, 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 you know, but also, uh, I don't think that it would behoove you to say I left because they don't care about black people. I don't think that the Kanye exit would do any of these people any good, but hopefully that's not the only reason why, you know, we haven't, that's why they say these things. Cause this seems cool. This seems like decent now that I'm reading a little bit more. Uh, the reasons for departure may vary, but the totality of them has not gone unnoticed within the ranks, according to interviews with nine of, uh, current and former Black House Black White House officials, Black House, Black White House officials, three Black staffers who currently work in the White House and were granted anonymity because of their fear of reprisal, said the exodus has hurt morale, compounding problems that exist is, exist elsewhere. They described an operation in which mentorship is hard to come by, an opportunity to move up in the ranks is a tight-knit operation and of a tight knit operation is exceptionally rare. I don't know how much of that is like because they're black and how much because the white house staff room is probably not full of opportunities to move up unless you're in the Trump administration where niggas is getting fired and quitting every other fucking day. Um, also I could understand why you'd be frustrated with people who've been there from the beginning lead because mentorship is important. And as black people, we do have to navigate a lot of situations differently than other groups have to navigate them. So having somebody in your corner who can kind of help you get through that and show you the ropes and kind of just advocate for you in a different way is super beneficial. And when they leave, it sucks. I mean, it's hard. It was hard for me to leave my location at one of my jobs to another because of the relationships that I had built with people above me and shit. I had two black women as my managers. Uh, and now, oh, excuse me. Now I don't have a black manager at all. And I like all my managers, but it, it isn't the same. So, you know, whatever. It's all good. Uh, I guess we'll see what, what comes of that. Uh, with shit like that, you ain't got to worry about somebody keeping an eye on that because somebody is definitely going to keep an eye on that. They're going to let us know what's good with that. So, you know, we'll see what's up. But y'all, that's all I got. Uh, I got another story that's getting kicked off till next week. We're going to talk about Deshaun Watson because this nigga, what one thing I know about these niggas with, with over 20 allegations, you can't cut for them because they'll always make you look fucking stupid. But we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson on the next episode. Everybody who subscribes, I know I owe y'all an episode. I had to take that little vacation. Um, if I'm not too tired when I get off work tomorrow, I'll give y'all that episode tomorrow. If not, you know what I'm saying? Keep your eyes peeled. You'll be getting that soon as always. Because, um, you know, I need that. If you're not subscribed for the $4.99, man, the link is in the fucking show notes every fucking week, man. Go ahead. $4.99, you get bonus content. You support the podcast in a different way. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Leave five-star reviews on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you follow on all social media. Make sure that you fucking following this bitch on listening platforms so you get notifications. Go back and listen to old shit. Come back and listen to new shit. Fuck with me like I fuck with y'all. I love y'all like I always have. Vibe out to my guy Takis on the outro. I will see y'all later. It is love as always.
sorry for all of the ah, Byron. <laughs> Love y'all. Peace. Yeah. Double up the respect. Came through the wire, fresh out the fire, my mind check. Leaning and rocking, feel it yourself, it's high tech. Moving pieces all on the board, my nigga trying to see. Mm. My gift to gab on us. Escape trials and tribulations, fighting your honor. Shark in the water, grabbing for paper like I'm Nirvana. Code of honor that I follow, my nigga, is worth billion. Huh. Homie, fuck your greasy granny them. He been slapping shit so long, they gotta come and Grammy him. He so fly, he walk on stars, solar systems carry him. Bank account status when they marry him. Billion. Uh, make sure you say it two times. Dre, Dre, nigga. Make sure you say it two times. <laughs> Trying to see the salad with the croutons. Laying the foes down like futons for the... Billion. Yeah, man, you're not tuning in. Fuck this shit podcast. And billions 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 and bill